And I listened to that over and over again. I just thought, that just sounds so simple. Why aren't we doing this? And when I finally got together with my wife, Sarah, she's like, it's about time. You know, we, like everyone, had the latest iPhones, even at the time. And and we got rid of cell phones, which was about a, a 200 to $300 a month bill. We lived without cell phones for three years. It wasn't until 2013 when my wife got breast cancer that we, and actually it was her and her dad, she, her dad's like, yeah, I don't think she, you know, when she's going to be going to surgery, she, she should really have a means of communication with her. And, you know, be, they say behind every good man is a, is a even better woman. And that is so the truth with us. I mean, it renewed my faith. Um, we grew in faith, been through many trials together from cancer and, and the whole situation with debt and, and lack of responsibility. And You're listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast, where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their current portfolio allocation. Now to your hosts, Clark Sheffield and Jace Mattinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Millionaires Unveiled podcast. This is episode number 272. Big week here. This will be the uh, final meeting of the Fed this week, which we're expecting probably another rate hike. will be the final rate hike of the year. Obviously, they're uh, trying to come in with a soft landing without triggering a recession to stop inflation. So be interesting to see how that kind of starts to play into what does the outlook look for for 2023. It's been quite a uh, economic roller coaster the last couple of years, ever really since COVID hit. But nonetheless, one that's f- for those that are interested in economics and finance and stuff, it's it's been one to to really study and uh, kind of understand how monetary policy works and and investments and all sorts of things. So really. Uh, Really looking forward to that and seeing what uh, 2023 holds. Kind of got the last couple of weeks of the year here. So wanted to read, get a review on YouTube. Uh, this is from Max. He said he would love to hear from more blue collar millionaires like construction workers, firefighters, police officers, city bus operators. More of that is uplifting. So as always, we try to get a uh, broad range of guests and uh, hopefully we'll get some more blue collar ones. Uh, there's definitely several out there. Also got another uh, another review on iTunes. This uh, comes from Mojo Mac. It says reliable and relatable information. These guys provide a great forum for millionaires of all backgrounds to share great informations and insights. As always, we appreciate those reviews. They help us continue to grow the show and get new millionaire interviewees. So Without that, uh, kind of takes care of the housekeeping for this week. This week we have David. He's a music store owner and has a net worth of two point eight million, two hundred seventy thousand. That's in cash, about twenty k in investments, about a paid for five hundred twenty thousand dollar house, seventy thousand dollars in a rental, two hundred thirty thousand dollars in retirement, and he values his business at about one point six million. He grew up in a very low to middle class home, never learned how to handle money, and thought if he could afford the payments, he could buy it. So it's going to be a great episode with David. He actually worked 
kind of in the field for a while before he uh, kind of landed an opportunity to buy this music store and has continued to grow it. So great interview with David. Last week we had Paul, lived in the Northeast. He was about 40 years old, net worth of $1.4 million, about 825000 of that was in a 401k, about two hundred grand in a brokerage, uh, another 180 in a Roth, another eight k in HSA, and 5K in crypto with about 100K in home equity and $75,000 in cash. So without any further delay, let's get into the episode with David. David, do you want to just give us a little about your background and what you're up to now? Well, I've been in the music industry as far as uh, instrument sales and uh, retail for about 35 years. Bought a uh, store about six years ago. Awesome. And what is your net worth today? Just recalculated for a personal financial statement with our bank, and it was at um, two point eight seven thousand nine thirty. Holy crap! So you you tell me you own a, a store that does musical instruments, and you're worth two point eight million dollars. Yes, that's unbelievable. Are, that's um, unbelievable, man. Congrats to you. That's awesome. So, thank you. Give give us the breakdown. How is that two point eight allocated? Uh, well, we are debt free. I've got uh, let's see, two hundred and sixty eight thousand in change in cash, uh, um, twenty thousand in investments, just side investments. Um, Five hundred and seventeen thousand is our primary residence, uh, and then we own a a rental that's sixty six thousand. Uh, retirement accounts presently are at 22957 and I value the business at 1.6 which is about um, three times revenue. You said three times revenue? Yes. And is that what is that about the valuation that you paid for it? No. I actually um, paid much less. Fortunately, uh, I had been I came to work in the business in 2010. And the previous owner who started the business in 1982 was looking for an exit strategy, and we found each other. Um, I came to work with him, kind of an informal partnership. Um, and when he decided he needed, he was ready to retire, I purchased the business. I think it was around 385 that I purchased it, and we had agreed on a purchase price at the time of my coming to um, the store in 2010. And I did not, I, I, I grew the, the revenue quite a bit in those first six years, but I think in the, it was year six and seven after taking it over that I actually doubled the revenue. Um, and it's been there the past six years. Oh, that's awesome. So, David, when you're running a small business, you definitely look at things a little bit differently related to your personal financial situation. But I'm curious how you look at investing outside of the business versus inside of the business. How much do you put back into it to continue to grow it versus you know putting some on the sidelines into other asset classes? Most... <laughs> A lot of people will say you invest in what you know, and I definitely do that in the, you know, some of the uh, vintage and antique instruments that I will buy into, um, hoping to to make a good return on those. We do uh, 
a lot of our retirement account is actually in my wife's 401k and we max that out every year. And because of the amount of income we make every year, I'm unable to do a, um, a retirement account. So I, I just started, a, you know, just a normal investment account broken over the, the what Dave Ramsey would say are the four recommended um, mutual fund um, allocations. And I'm putting, my plan is, and I've so far I've been able to, I'm putting um, about five to 8,000 a month into that. So about 100,000 a year, between 50 and 100,000 is what I want to put away. So in 10 years, I'm, I'm caught up to where I should be before <laughs> I, I should backtrack until 10 years ago in 2010 when I came to be a part of this store with the the um, the idea of, of being a future owner I actually had a negative net worth lived lived through stuff I guess you could say I, I you know I every penny that came in we put out had two houses prior to the one that you know we own uh, today, actually three, but I'll, I'll backtrack. Our first house um, after I got remarried was a gift more or less from my parents in that they just let us buy it for what they owed as they were moving into a retirement community. So we promptly took out an equity loan and did some updates. And then um, in my line of work, if I'm changing jobs i have to move to another city it's not like um the specialized music niche is uh, on every street corner and three years after buying this house we i got a new job so we were we were up and moving we had to sell that house at a loss we i think we paid ten thousand dollars for somebody to buy our house <laughs> And then the next, this was in 2007, and shortly after moving to Atlanta, we bought into another house at about 2008. And if you're aware of that time period, there was a housing bubble that was just beginning to show itself. And from the time we purchased our house for 185 in Atlanta, when it came time for us to move to our present location in 2010 to take this opportunity... Our house was worth 124, so we were at a loss there too. I can't remember what we ended up paying. Um, and at the time, I mean, we had two car loans, I had two motorcycle loans, we had the house loan, and when we moved, we um, I sold most of what I could. I'm still moving to where to where we are now um, with a negative net worth in 2010, and I would say a year later we bought. The, our previous house here and we finally learned to do it right <laughs> we held on to that house for about 10 years and actually made ten thousand dollars over what we paid for it and and we had already had it paid off by then as well so that was that was helpful so david let me just ask you here yep. just because you dropped so much uh, nuggets that i just want to follow <laughs> up with you on a couple things so it, it, you mentioned like you've been through some things and maybe you had a rough start on the finances. How did it all come together? Was it a conversation? Was it something you learned talking to somebody? Where did you start becoming more intentional about all this? Well, when I, growing up, it was I, I grew up in a in a middle to low middle class home. My parents are both deceased. Um, neither of them 
left. I'm the youngest of five kids. Neither of them left us any money. Um, I, I never learned how to handle money. I thought as long as I could afford payments, I was okay. And through this time, my wife and I, you know, I've been a Christian since I was 14, 15. Um, when before our move from Atlanta, um, we had been going to a church and um, heard of this Dave Ramsey guy. I narrowly missed being involved in a in a financial peace university there. I I, I think I told my wife, my wife wanted to go to this class, and I think I told her something like, "You know, we shouldn't store up our treasures. You know, we it our money's meant to be spent." Obviously, misquoting the Bible. And after moving, um, there was a period. I moved here in April, actually April 1st, which is, I find funny, was my first day on the job. And my wife and our youngest did not move here until July. And in that span, I came across the total money makeover in an audio book. And I listened to that over and over again. I just thought, that just sounds so simple. Why aren't we doing this? And when I finally got together with my wife, Sarah. She's like, it's about time. Like <laughs> I was in, I was, come on, really give me some credit. But How she, old were you she, at this, at this time? Uh, so that was 2010. I would have been 39. I, I'm born 39, in 71. And your net old. worth was what? Negative. Totally. I, I probably, I could not, I was stereotypical, could not get, a thousand bucks together if it if my life depended on it i had no no money in the bank no emergency fund anything like that this was um, 12 years ago give or take and we my and we still had my wife still had some student loan debt from from college and so that was our first plan attack was to get out of debt we you know we like everyone had the latest iphones even at the time and and we got rid of cell phones, which was about a, a two hundred to three hundred dollar a month bill. We lived without cell phones for three years. It wasn't until twenty thirteen when my wife got breast cancer that we and actually it was her and her dad. She, her dad's like, yeah, I don't think she, you know, when she's going to be going to surgery, she she should really have a means of communication with her. Granted, where we are, everything's within five minutes. Um, but um, so at the time, she she ended up getting a cell phone um, in 2013 when um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and going through the treatment so we could communicate. Um, but even I mean, it only took us like a year and a half to get out of debt. But even after that, we were and it focused and intense on getting the house paid off and, and staying out of debt that we didn't even bother getting cell phones after even if we could. It just wasn't a thing lived lived on yeah, with the landline so, so besides the debt or besides the the home excuse me besides the primary mortgage what other debt and how much did you have well at the time i would say it was probably between 40 and fifty thousand with student loans and some some minor credit card debt and um, had a car loan that we had to finish and we ended up selling selling the motorcycles and, and a few other things and how did you let me just jump to the business here. How did you buy the business? Did you get a an SBA loan? 
so in the meantime, from 2010 till when I purchased it at the end of 2015, we, by that time we were debt free, just about had our house paid off and had gotten our credit back to a point where half of the business was a personal loan through a bank, obviously secured. And then the other half was a carry back from the previous owner, um, half with the bank was a five-year note with a 30, 30 year amortization. And at that, by that point, I had become so debt averse that I had gotten them both paid off within the first three years of owning the business. Like I said, I pretty much doubled the revenue from that first year on and um, profit was in close to close to 250 a year so I was, how, did, uh, how did you do it like how did you do that did, how did you grow it so quickly and so successfully god <laughs> i give god the credit <laughs> because i'm not i'm not an educated business person i obviously i've always had i i've got stories i could tell you from my childhood that i've i've had an entrepreneurial bent and i've always bought and sold items my wife's from the time that we uh, were first together, um, I would have a revolving door of guitars. I play guitar, and um, and she was when I'm spending two or three thousand dollars on a guitar, and she, we had barely have you know pennies to rub together. She she came to to understand that it was going to be okay because I would end up either getting bored with that one or finding something else to replace it and then selling it and making money. There were times even in the nineties at the, at the, you know, my eBay account goes back to the beginning of eBay and I was buying and selling guitars and things on eBay too. even had a knack for, you know, seeing something that other people didn't see in, in their eBay ads knowing what they had and able to buy it on eBay and then sell it on eBay almost immediately and make money. So I had an idea. I, I read, constantly read. I like Jeffrey Fox. I think that's his name. He has a lot of these little, you see him in airports a lot. Um, a lot of these pretty quick two, three hour read um, business books. And I just, I would have to say it was having a lot of faith for sure, but but doing all this study, customer service, treating people the way I want to be treated in in the business, um, how I would want to be treated by in 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 a similar situation, and it's all become word of mouth. I wow. I had a lot of knowledge from my past, you know. I I worked at. at at several different businesses over the years that I, I picked up and learned things um, from other owners that, that when it came my turn, I, I used a lot of that information and knowledge to, to change a few things and, and actually move the business into more of an upscale uh, type retail than, than, um, you know, just your student level. Yeah. So before you bought this business and and started growing it, you were it sounds like you were working at different music stores, kind of just jumping around before you decided to do it for yourself. Yeah. Well, there was a point I've worked for probably three or four and it's oh, it, it's always been a, the smaller boutique 
type places. And the last one before the current business that I own, um, it got to a point where I didn't know if this is what I wanted to be doing. I, cause I just didn't have that, that love for the job any longer. My wife has always said she was, she, she thought I was weird because I was always the guy that on Friday, I look forward to Monday ready to go back to work instead of living for the weekend because I, I just love what I did. And, um, and it was getting to the point that I was, I was getting burnt out and frustrated, um, that I even was looking at going back to school to, to find a different career path. But she convinced me before wasting all that money to, um, take the Berkman, which, which isn't cheap. I mean, that's a four or $500 at the time test kind of like the Myers-Briggs, but it also got you a, you know, a consultation with uh, an advisor. And it turned out that I'm actually, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, but I should be doing it for myself. I, sh- it's, I don't have the temperament to work for somebody else, which led to me putting out feelers and finding my current situation, found the owner who was, um, who had had this business since 1982 and was getting up there in age that he wanted to find an exit strategy and turned out I was it. <laughs> That's awesome. So David, where do you go from here? Do you have a target net worth down the road? I mean, you at some point, do you want to sell this business to somebody else as well? Uh, yes, I would like to see it continue next our 40th year in the same location too, which is awesome. Things even through COVID, where a lot of people had some downturn and issues, we we only lost 8% over 2020, and we're already well well above year-to-date for last year. Um, so I don't see growth <laughs> being stunted in any way, um, unless there's a major economic downturn, but I, you know, I'm hopeful. Uh, there's always a service industry um is whether people are buying items or not our, our the service portion of our industry is going to remain and and when you treat customers right they they tell other people and they come back and 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 then we again gain new customers from word of mouth my ideal would to see this business continue even beyond me I've actually started looking for my exit strategy now rather than waiting another 10 or 15 years. Um, it would be good to have it in place sooner than later and have that person growing with me and know that I actually can leave it to the right person. I think it, both the previous owner and myself are fortunate in, in that we found each other. But my goal like I said before, I'm trying to do catch up on my investments in retirement that fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a year for the next ten years I would be will be in the position that I would think um, with uh, my wife's current 401k and maxing that out will be uh, at the two million mark in investments to be able to draw that um, living income off that. And that's that's where I would like. I mean, that's where we want to comfortably be is is have that uh, two million mark to to uh, in in liquid not well not liquid cash but invested cash that we're we're drawing the interest. Do your friends know that you're wealthy? 
Mm, some do, some don't. What about um, family? I think they know. <laughs> I, I haven't explicitly said anything. We don't. But that's not us. We don't. We don't really flaunt it. But I, I think most people, if not all, know we're debt free. Um, that I did. You know, we we've told people about that, and we try to um, tell people about Dave Ramsey and and his financial peace plan as much as possible. We actually lead the class. I've done it a handful of times and we do financial counseling through our church. Anybody that is having issues with debt, but I mean, we don't, I don't think I've told anybody other than our kids kids know. Hey, let me just jump back to the business real quick. You, You said that the guy that owns it was kind of ready to sell it, but how did you find it? Is it somebody you knew and had networked through or did you find this online? All of the above. It was, it's a niche business. Um, it's a subset of, of music stores that it's a very small community. And I actually found an ad that the, or, you know, kind of a blog post that the previous owner put out there. And that blog post was actually two years old when I contacted him. And it just turned out that he had not found somebody in that whole time which again i would say is god's providence for sure and um, we've had many god moments in our lives and and that was definitely one of them because it just turned out to be the perfect situation for both of us yeah and, well, good, and that's good how we connected you, yeah. and it was and it's funny that there was a point where i was doing work in st louis that I did subcontracting work too. And <laughs> after taking over the business, cleaning out some files like a year later, I found one of my resumes and price sheets from that I sent out to cold call. And he and I didn't even realize that I sent him one. <laughs> and this was probably from 10 years earlier. Wow. Wow. Hey, let me jump to a different topic here. Something that you filled out in the form before a, a big thing that had an impact on you or some advice you give is is the importance of choosing the right spouse so just curious to yes. get your your take there when i was young very young early 20s 22ish i um met my oldest children's mother and was not uh <laughs> was not in a good position in life and a good frame of mind. And, and we ended up going about things the wrong way that she got pregnant and doing the, what I thought was the honorable thing. We got married, had a second child, um, three, four years later in hindsight, I see that it, it, it was not a good situation from the beginning the relationship there. We, we just were not, meant to be together we did not mesh well at all and i had some i've always had some kind of drive and and an aspiration in life and i i didn't see that in her and i think it was weighing us down weighing weighing both of us and myself in particular and, and we just kind of Went separate ways. I think um, it was after 9-11, we decided we, again, I was still in this business then. And so we had moved from St. Louis to Atlanta the first time. 
and then 9-11 happened. And so we're young kids, 27, 28, someone there. And, you know, with two little kids and, and both of our families are in St. Louis, we had no, no real support system. And we moved back to St. Louis just to get our kids near family and our, our parents. And that's when things started really showing showing themselves as as what they were and and that's when we it was after we moved that that we separated whether that support system was for our kids or really for us separately who's to tell but um, we ended up separated and divorced and uh three years later i met my current wife my last and only wife (laughs) for now for the rest of time she is a very strong, driven woman, and you know, be, they say behind every good man is a, is a even better woman, and that is so the truth with us. I mean, it renewed my faith. Um, we grew in faith, been through many trials together, from cancer and and the whole situation with debt and and lack of responsibility and. She has always been um, a very strong encourager and support in my life. Um, you know, when when I took the Berkman and and he said you need to to do what you do, but do it for yourself. Her first thought was, well, how do we make this work? How how do we start a store? Where do we do this? And what's it going to take to get it done? And that was. Um, you know, that, that seemed very intimidating, very daunting. I mean, that was on our horizon, was starting our own from scratch. But thank God we, we found the one um, that at that point had been around for 30-something years, 30, 32 years or whatever, yeah. um, that had, and the previous owner didn't carry debt either. I mean, there was no, I wasn't taking on any debt load, um, which was great. It, it was it was us walking into a good situation and continuing it and growing that good situation into a better one. And I, in my wildest dreams, I would have never thought to have a half million dollar home paid for. It's just crazy. And you got yeah. Thank you first of all for sharing, David. Not obviously an easy thing to open up about. So you guys have no debt at all, right? Correct. Current currently, wow. So paid for house worth you said five seventy five, correct? Uh, five seventeen. Is five seven oh five seventeen. Okay, sorry. So just in closing here, David. I mean, you're in small business, and and we obviously like to to highlight those in small business. We haven't had as many probably as we would have liked uh, come on the show talk about small business because I think that is a a nice chunk of people that have been financially successful. But mm-hmm. I mean, just if someone were to come to you and say, "Hey, how did you do this?" or "What are the benefits of, of being a small business owner and growing your net worth?" just kind of curious to get your final words here in closing in terms of how are you able to do this along the small business line and maybe which mistakes to avoid going forward for somebody. <laughs> it's it's going to sound hypocritical because obviously I took out um a, a loan of some kind to buy the business, but I knew I knew going in I wasn't going to keep it. Um, that being said, I, uh, you don't know how that's going to end up uh, going <laughs> through through uh, through the life of that loan. But I, I would 
strongly encouraged to not take on debt. Don't don't overextend yourself. I know some people like say, you know, it's a gamble and you've got to you've got to risk, but there's there's other ways besides risking everything to make it work. I mean, you you certainly have to put in the long hours and the drive and have the drive to do it. That would be my first um, just stay out of debt, grow it slowly. There are many chances that I've had to to expand. I even looked at a second store, um, but I, I really took the time to count the cost and see where that was going to lead or um, what it was going to take away from the present situation. And, and because this would have been in another city, I, and I didn't want to sacrifice the my current clientele's level of service just to expand so that i mean that never happened i did end up buying over over the last uh, six years i did have the opportunity to actually buy out two other stores um which i don't know if i mentioned that or if it was before we started when we were talking that i i do carry a two hundred thousand dollar line of credit that i never use but it's there for i keep it just to have it in case i need to make us an extremely large purchase like buying out another store's inventory without uh, strapping the business for cash <laughs> i try i just like at home i have an emergency fund for our home uh or peace of mind here i also have an emergency fund that i that i keep it in and uh retained earnings for the business too just in case it's lean if i mean if if absolutely nobody walked in the store for a year i could still keep the doors open god forbid that ever happens but i I just would not want that the other year so you were asking about um, business uh besides staying out of debt keep it on cash uh, I, I, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, no, you're good. I think that was kind of a good place to end. Good nuggets of advice. I mean, yeah, keep it in cash. I, you got I, yeah. I had another, yeah. I had another point that I wanted to put in there, but <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I don't remember. Uh, all right, <laughs> I got off the well, all right. Well, we'll end it there though, David. I mean, thanks for coming on. It's really fun to hear from somebody that's a small business owner and obviously you, you've done it well and, and growed the business. So Again, uh, everybody, that's David, net worth of $2.8 million. Thanks again for coming on the show. Sure. Thank you. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast with Clark Sheffield and Chase Mantinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website at millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire. 